I'm Linda Van Falkenberg. And I'm Ron Gore. And, and you're listening, listening to, to the, the Co Parent Academy, Academy Podcast. Podcast. All right, Linda, we are trying something new this week. We are trying to use uh, an online thing called Riverside FM to record this podcast because you and I are not in the same place. So we're going to see how this works. Yeah, it's not as much fun already. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to take that as a compliment. It should be, yes. Well, and you just got back into town. So you, I just completely hijacked your Sunday afternoon. And so we're going to do the best that we can. Thank you for being a good sport. Speaking of being a good sport, we have uh, a Reddit post today that I'm not sure if the person's not being a good sport or if she has legitimate concerns, probably a mix. So what we're going to talk about in this one is a situation in which a mom is concerned. The father of her child was living with his girlfriend. We don't know how old the, the child is, unfortunately. And he has parenting time two nights a week. Um, he lets them know. So apparently dad has let mom know that they're having some financial issues, I think. And he's going to have to move into the girlfriend's parents' house for, I think, several months is the idea. And mom's not real happy about that. She's not comfortable with the daughter spending the night at the girlfriend's parents' house because they aren't family. And mom's perspective is she doesn't see any reason why the daughter should need to, quote, couch surf when she has her home at mom's place in her own room. And she doesn't know what to do because she's afraid that dad's going to think that she's crazy, but she doesn't know she should go to the courthouse and ask for some help. She doesn't want her daughter to have to go through the dad's problems if it's not necessary. She says she doesn't mind her spending the day with him over there. She just doesn't want the child spending the nights there. And she's asking what she should do. So lots of things that we don't know, right? We don't know how old the the daughter is, and that matters. Oh, a lot, yes. I guess we also don't know who's in the girlfriend's family's house and if they're okay people. Right. And we need to know where she's going to be sleeping. I don't know if he told her it was going to be a couch when she used that term couch surfing. But uh, that's something I do hear a lot, that kids are winding up sleeping on the couch for one reason or another. Right. So lots of different factors. So... Maybe we can sort of think about this in sort of worst case, best case scenario, and maybe, you know, different different ages. Like in the best case scenario, it seems like you would have a child. Well, I guess there's different ways to think about that, too. I mean, because a child who's young enough would think that it's just maybe fun, you know, an adventure to go and spend some time in a different place and meet some different people. And if there's not as much concern about privacy or boundaries for an older child, um, I could see that. But also the child might be young enough. You know, if they're that young, they're also more vulnerable and not able to speak up for themselves as much. And more separation anxiety and more anxiety around people we don't know and people are acting like they do know you. You know, we don't know if if it is a young child or any age child, if, if that child has already met the girlfriend's parents either. And so, you know, would they be comfortable with those people that they 
don't even know if they haven't met them yet or yeah. suddenly, you know, just living with them. I, I talk to kids all the time that are, you know, at least like upper elementary age on up that uh, they have had sometimes more than one of these scenarios where they have been um, in this house and this house and this house with res- repetitive uh guy friends or girlfriends of their parents and it's uh they they feel very uh discombobulated <laughs> you know they don't know where they're supposed to be they don't know what to expect any given time frequently it's a surprise to them when they do uh go on a visit with dad so that's one thing at least i can credit dad with letting mom know before it happened uh sure. before the kid just gets there well, let me ask you this, Linda. So what would be red flags? So if if you were brought the situation and you were trying to determine, hey, do we need to go down and file something? Do we need to you know, suspend this visitation for a while? What would be the red flags that would make you think, yeah, this is something that I'm concerned about and we need to pause before we let this happen? Well, it would depend on how many people are living there, what the what the privacy factor would be, you know, it, where where is the father assuming the child will sleep? Now, if it's a younger child, he may be assuming she's going to be in bed with him and his girlfriend, and that mm. raises some other red flags, as you said. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, if there's you know another. I don't know how all these people are, you know, the, the girlfriend, if she's younger than dad might have younger siblings still living in the home. If there's a you know younger sibling living there that is older than or about the age of uh, this woman's daughter, then perhaps that could be a problem with inappropriate behavior or uh, having to share a room or even a bed with another child or, you know, there's, there's just a whole host of, issues that could be a problem. Right. So I guess in thinking about it, trying to thinking about all the confounding factors, it would not be a problem if this child, if everyone in girlfriend's family's house were appropriate, we didn't have any criminal history or abuse and neglect history in the house. And if the house itself was appropriate, and especially if the child were to have the opportunity to have her own bedroom, then that would be okay, I think. That would be pretty much an ideal situation. You're still going to have a child transitioning again because typically there's, I mean, it would make sense that there would be a transition. And once again, we don't know you know, how long the parents have been separated or divorced. And so it, the child's already gone through that transition, which is a big thing. And then we don't know if there's been other relationships like this for either parent, you know, it's, it's really, you know, how transitory has, has this child been in her uh, households since the parents separated? Yeah. I'm kind of thinking that this mom would have brought that up as an issue if it had been a problem. You would think so. So yes, I'm going to assume so. that that hasn't been a huge issue. And I, I think, you know, there's something to be said to having safely, uh, bounded adventures as a kid. 
where you're sort of taken out of what your norm is. It's still safe. Everyone's still kind. You're still provided for. But it's just a little bit different. And you see how different people live. And you're not concerned it's going to be forever. I can see that being like an interesting learning experience that both parent parents treated it like that and framed it in the sense right. of, oh, how interesting. This is going to be fun. You're going to meet some new people. It's not going to be forever. Your dad's still going to be there. And then won't this be interesting to see how this goes? Right. Is that just Pollyanna on my part? Or <laughs> does that make sense to well, you? Well, and part of that is different if you're a girl, too. Um, that That's just, um, I remember the very first time that my stepdaughter, who was only three at the time, so that's going to be on the kind of young end of this situation, uh, was at our house, and we had the room all set up for her, and uh all the toys and stuff that her dad had ever had for her, you know, was in there. So it would look all familiar to her. But mm-hmm. uh, she came in and, and I I heard some talking down the hall. I was in the bathroom doing something, heard some talking and just kind of did my head out. And she was she was touching everything in the room saying, mine, 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 huh. mine. And she was like claiming the space and um some of it she recognized, yes, but then some of it it was like, okay, this is mine. Because she did already have a dedicated space to be in, you know, because it was our home. Right. But I think it's very important for girls. I, I was actually shocked that one that young was already nesting, you know, <laughs> because hmm. we do that. You know, girls of any age, we, we do the nesting thing pretty quickly. And so, uh, you know, they do want an identified place that is theirs to sleep to, you know, and not some place that other people are sleeping when they're not there and so forth. So that that has a lot to do with it. It can seem like fun, like you said, at, at some stages of development for some kids. I think boys roll with those punches much easier than, than girls do. But even girls maybe along about, you know, third or fourth grade might think it was an adventure. But uh, sometimes then, even if they're a real anxious kid or, you know, a real, like, rule follower and this just doesn't seem right or, if, you know, that kind of thing, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it, there, there are so many different little factors that we don't know about, but things that people should be aware of for uh, their particular situation if you're going through this. So then from mom's perspective, she's got a really good point there. Where maybe it's just, is it just being selfish on dad's part to say, hey, I still want you to stay overnight? Because mom's open to the possibility of the daughter being over there during the day, but just coming home at night. We don't know how long right. of, a, of a travel situation that is. Um, they must be relatively close. I figured that when she said that. And, I, I think and that's right. a good thing. Mom doesn't just say what he gets his his stuff together, maybe, you know, then she could go back over there. So I thought that was good. And uh, I, I too worry about where kids, but especially little girls are spending the night. It's just, I've just heard too many stories through the years. So if we know that it's a safe environment, let's presume that it's safe. She's not going to be assaulted. She's not going to be molested. That's something that we are, you know, very confident about. 
would it make sense to have her do a couple day visits over there the first weekend and then consider if it goes well expanding and trying an overnight, but letting everyone know this isn't a guarantee it's going to be an overnight all weekend. We're going to try it out and see and go from there. Would that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. But typically what happens, the children tell me, is because that that's one of those kind of baby stepping it up to uh, giving the father more uh, time with the child. And so frequently the child will tell me that they wanted to go back to mom's house at some point during the night, just like if they were spending the night with a friend and the, you know, they wanted to go back home. And uh, it's not necessarily that they don't like the people there. They just, it's not, it doesn't feel like home and they're, they're homesick. Yeah. And I understand that. And part of me, you know, my view has shifted out on that over time. Part of me feels like saying, well, you just push your way through and it's going to be okay. You're going to get past that. But part of me also feels like saying, um, so long as mom is not making it worse, letting the child have the chance to know that she can warm up to it and that she's not trapped there may make her decide that she actually wants to be there. Where if she feels like she's forced, that can be really scary. And she won't want to start down that road at all. Right. And once again, it depends so much on the age and developmental stage of the child and their personality, you know. I mean, once again, some children just, and and that's what I ask if I'm hearing that a child is doing some sort of resist, refuse kind of thing, especially if they're younger with going to the other parents at all, even if it's a pretty stable environment that they're aware of at the other house, um, I always want to know, does this child ever have problems uh, spending the night with a friend or with her grandparents or, you know, anywhere else in the world without you uh, when I'm talking to the mother? And if it's no, not at all, then, hmm, you know, it could be a problem there between the parents. But if, yes, this child has yet to spend a whole night anywhere without mom, then, that's probably the kid's personality. And then, you know, I confirm that one way or the other when I talk to the child. But even if that is the kid's personality, isn't that something it'd be helpful to get the kid past? Oh, that's a good one. Um, you would you would hope that, yes, when dad is in a stable environment, that it could be a, a, a thing that we would get past, definitely. I mean, I don't, I don't know any time when the court hasn't just it's going to happen and you got to get over it. But that's when the child would have their own bedroom probably, or, you know, right. I'm not saying in this, like, I'm not saying in this, um, casserole of situations here with all these different pieces, uh, I'm just thinking, generally speaking, if a child never spends the night anywhere because of, of that outside of this unusual circumstance, you would think that you would want to get the kid over that. So they could enjoy overnights and time with grandparents or cousins or friends. You would you would think, but there are some parents who just simply are not going to allow that to happen until maybe the kid is you know in high school or whatever, <laughs> because they have just right. they've had too many things happen, or there could be you know certain people in their family system that things have happened in their home that they just can't. You know, and I have to say, at 
I've heard too many stories throughout my lifetime that as a, as a therapist, especially that it, you would think you were in an absolute perfect situation and uh, mm-hmm. you think, you know, the people well, or, you know, their family or something, and then stuff happens. So. Sure. So there it's sort of a, a conflation in the scenarios we're talking about now of right. sometimes it could be just the kid's personality. Other times it's the parent who is a little gun shy right. because of, really valid concerns. And then obviously, you know, those streams will, will cross at some point because the child's personality is developed by their interactions with their parent. Right. So it's, so you have to untangle that. Yes, very much so. And sometimes a parent, male or female parent has, has had some issues with a situation like that in their childhood and they just don't want their child to have to navigate that. So. Yeah. And, What's coming to my head is, you know, some parents, some people teach their kid to swim by throwing them in the pool and then the kid doesn't drown. And so, oh, they're okay. They didn't drown and they've learned how to swim. That doesn't mean it was a good way to teach them how to swim and that it wasn't traumatic. On the other end of that, never letting your kid get near the pool because you're afraid they may drown isn't the right answer either. That was my mother. And, and, and you could probably extrapolate yeah. from that how many times I spent the night outside her house before I went to college. <laughs> right. I'm sure. Yeah, that's right. And then I think in this case, what we're talking about is the mom's concerned about sending the kid to a pool where she doesn't know if the pool is safe, if it's well maintained, and who all is going to be at the pool party. Totally. And that makes a whole lot of sense that she doesn't want her child sleeping over at a pool party <laughs> where she doesn't know if the pool is well maintained and the people there are safe. Exactly. So bottom line, there's a lot of factors we don't know, but mom's not being unreasonable and having the concerns that she's saying. She's proposing a reasonable alternative. And I think I would hope the dad would acknowledge that it's a reasonable concern. Especially when she says that he is quite welcome to have the daytime hours, you know, I, he might be. Right. But part of what comes up in my mind is I've seen situations occur in which any reason to pull back on the visitation turns into an intractable situation where those gates never get opened back up. I know. And, that may be a concern that dad has, and it may be why he's gripping on a little too tight in this circumstance. Yeah. So maybe I think a, a good way to approach this would be for them to have an agreement in writing with a plan on how they're going to proceed, what the contingencies are. And Even so time everybody frames, can I think, too. Yeah. If he knows what his time frame yeah. is, then. Right. So everybody can sort of document it. And, you know, if he's only getting two, basically, if he's only getting every other weekend, then it may be a case where he can have Saturdays, you know, maybe not Saturday and Sunday all day, and then get some makeup time later on. You know, that may be an opportunity as well, where she could have a good faith showing of, hey, I'm not trying to take away your overnights. And in fact, we can make some up later, but I'm just super uncomfortable with how this is looking in the short term. Sounds like a plan. And it could be the other way around. You know, I mean, there are times I've, I've heard that that mom is taking the kids to 
her boyfriend's house, whether they're moving in there or not. At least they're there for a weekend or whatever. And and dad has a big problem with, you know, the boyfriend himself or, um, you know, because now we're talking about a, a, a male adult in the household, you know, that yeah. maybe father is very uncomfortable with, especially if he's got uh, a girl. And uh, so, you know, it can go both ways. It really can where, you know, hopefully both parents can see the part, you know, where they might be worried about it, too, if the roles were reversed. I just have this very vivid memory just now when you said that of being a kid with my sister and our mom, our folks were divorced and our mom taking us to some guy's house and we stayed there. I think we stayed the night and watching, I'm pretty sure it was Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island, a made for TV movie. (laughs) There was no such movie, really. Come on now. I I think there was. I think there was. Somebody will tell me if there's not, but I, I have this really vivid memory of that. But I remember just feeling like, yeah, this is weird. But at least there was great cinema on. There you go. Yeah. At least you were entertained. Of course, now the kid would be That's entertained right. with their phone or something. But, you know, it would... You know, if I, I have a feeling this child is younger, probably, because if if the child is like, you know, 10 and above, uh, mom might uh, wouldn't have to wonder for very long what's really going on over there and who's there. The child would be reporting. Right. So. Right. Right. I think you're right. And so that also increases the reasonableness of her concern right. about how it's going. And, you know, what's it, what is the circumstance into which she's sending her kid? All right. I just while you were while we were talking after I said that, I just looked and it was Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> I thought you were looking that up. Yep, 1981. Ah. Does that match the time frame? Yeah, it sure does. How about that? <laughs> Isn't that the funny things that we what remember, you connect? Huh? Uh-huh. What you connect to it. Yeah, exactly. That is interesting. Yep. And it also depends on, speaking of that, it also depends on, you know, you, you may think you've got your kids very, um, even even if it's one night or, or a weekend or something that you're at, at somebody else's home, you may think you've got your child entertained and not aware of what may be going on between uh, the parent and the, the boy or girlfriend. And uh, the children, as they tell me these stories, are quite aware of what's going on in the adult right. bedroom. So that's another thing that mom may be worried about. Yeah, but hopefully if dad's at girlfriend's parents' house, they're going to tone that down a little bit. You would think. You would hope. (laughs) You would hope. Okay. It depends on what kind of party is happening at the pool, like you said. (laughs) That's right. And and who's the lifeguard? Exactly. Well, thank you for trying this experiment. We'll see how this works. It was more fun than I thought it might be. Yeah, there you go. You don't miss me as much as you thought. See you, Linda. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to leave questions, comments, or concerns, please email podcast at coparentacademy.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen.